0: Welcome to Nicosia Uncut. The Republic of Cyprus budget has been rejected and we discussed the bargains that took place in the deliberations ahead of the vote that legitimized far-right party Elam.
1: And we discussed our favorite topic, the latest developments in the Cyprus problem with the renewal of efforts by the UN official LUT.
0: Warning, if you want optimism, do not listen to us.
1: Hello Andromahi.
0: Hello Kemal.
1: So what is this all about, this budget and then it failed and it couldn't pass in the Republic of Cyprus Parliament?
0: Oh Kemal, it's a mess. And it's a mess and the biggest mess is that nobody really knows what happens from now on. Like it's all so unclear. We We know for the next two months at least, but from there on we don't. Uh, so, yes. Uh, Maybe you can
1: explain us a little bit how the system works because in the Turkish Cypriot system we have a parliamentary system and it is very important that the parliament passes the budget and all that. How does it work in the Republic of Cyprus?
0: Well, the Republic of Cyprus is a presidential system. So, you elect a president who is expected to also decide on uh, the budget and how to run the state, basically. So, it is different from a parliamentary system. Uh, in which the parliament has an actual profound say on how the budget is drafted, etc. In the case of Cyprus, the voting of the budget in the parliament is mostly a procedural matter. And up to now, in in fact, uh, except the exceptions when (laughs) the Turkish Cypriots were part of the Republic of Cyprus, it has never happened since then that uh, the parliament rejects the the budget put forward by the government. And this is one of the reasons why things are so unclear as to what happens from now on. Basically, the, the government is expected to present to the parties what the budget will be and gain the necessary support by the political parties in the parliament who will then vote for uh, the budget. Up to now, the, the sealed government has been counting on Vigo's support for uh, passing the budget for the past four years. Uh, and DECO
1: has traditionally been quite uh, hawkish in the Cyprus talks, right?
0: Yes, but uh, when it comes especially to issues of finance, it has been dealing very well with the DC-led government. And this is the, a change that we've seen only in the last few months When we have noted a break in the relationship between DC and uh, Digo, especially when it comes to financial issues, and their major point of dispute is the issue of the citizenship program as ASDICO has been asking from the government to give access to the auditor general to all of the um, uh, citizenship by investment folders uh, that it proceeded with its naturalization program so it is important to note that the decision by DICO not to support the budget this year is not based on a disagreement with the budget in itself but it is based on DICO using basically the discussion on the budget in the parliament as a way for the general to gain access to these folders. So it is not a disagreement on the substance of the budget, it is a disagreement on something that is uh, taking place uh, regardless of the budget, but they use the budget in order to put forward this claim. We Uh, have heard
1: a lot of things about um, ELAM, ultra-right, getting involved in discussions and supporting um, the, the budget. What is the story behind this?
0: Yes, this is. Um, I think this is the most important development when it comes to the discussion of the budget, aside from the fact that it has been rejected and what happens next. The fact that the LAM for the first time has voted in favor of the budget shows that there must have been some behind the scenes agreement between the C and the LAM. Uh, for Elam to support the government in this. You know, traditionally, Elam has been uh, the party that was claiming that they are outside the system. They have been claiming that they are anti-corruption. And then at the moment in which the government is putting the spotlight for uh, corruption issues and for corruption scandals, and when the system is facing such a huge and groundbreaking um, challenges, Elam steps in to support this system. And the LAM steps in to support a party and a government that has been clearly collapsed in the minds of, uh, of the people of Cyprus. So for a lamp to do this and to, and to put at stake its own reputation, let's say, as an anti-systemic party, it means that they must have got something in return. It is not the first time that DC and the LAM have voted together. Uh, in the parliament. However, it is the first time that Elam has been legitimized to this extent as to providing the only uh, source of support towards the governing party. And we must mention that Elam's criticism of the budget was centered on two issues. On the one hand, it was on the refugee issues. And on the other hand, it was uh, centered on the bicommunal contact. So Elam's Elam's criticism of the budget, regardless of the fact that it voted for the budget, it had criticized the budget because it was saying that uh, it was giving money to buy communal programs, programs like Imagine that bring the two communities together. Uh, They wanted uh, the the budget for that that program to be cut. They wanted the budget for asylum seeking centers to be uh, removed as well. So regardless of the fact that they voted for the budget in general, it is very interesting to find out or to investigate or to ponder on what Elam managed to get in return for this support.
1: Is it a traditionally a populist party in other areas as well or is it just um, nationalists who say that they are outside this system? We know that traditionally nowadays... In Europe, everywhere in the world, um, there are populist movements and there are some of those movements who are even acting against the science because of the discussion on the vaccines. What is Elam and supporters are doing on this?
0: Now, thank you for this question because, in fact, during the discussion in the parliament, we had the first attempt by Elam to engage with the anti-vaccine trend and to engage with the group of people that are against the vaccinations and that are opposing the vaccinations that will start taking place in Cyprus from the 27th of December onwards. In his speech in the parliament, the leader of Elam, Christos christu openly said that they are concerned about vaccines, that they are not sure about them. And this means that ahead of the May elections, Elam must have realized that it can take advantage and capitalize on this trend, on this emerging trend in the Republic of Cyprus that is opposing vaccinations. And it is worthwhile to note that this trend and the people who have been protesting for a very long time against the measures of coronavirus they are also protesting against vaccines they are also protesting against what they see as an attack against the church they are also protesting against uh, what they claim to be illegal migration so it is very interesting to see that it is like a ground field for uh, for a lamb uh, that is being prepared and the lamb In the parliament, in the budget discussion, they made the first clear attempt to reach to these people openly and explicitly, because rumors that they have been behind some of these demonstrations have been going on for a very long time.
1: The first trilingual podcast station of Cyprus, Island Talks, open, diverse, free. It's so interesting that we are um, going through strange times. Um, We have people against vaccination. We have people um, criticizing and challenging scientific research. We have people against 5G. We have people who who believes in flat earth theory. We have people voting for Trump and Bolsonaro and um, Boris Johnson, all those Populist arguments are uh, everywhere, so I hope year uh, uh, will bring us new and uh, and logical and reasonable arguments uh, into, uh, into the discussion. In the North, we have a minority uh, coalition, which is led by UBP and supported by YDP and uh, DP, but their number is not enough for them to lead comfortably in the parliament so they will be uh, needing support from the independents who broke out from people's party and uh, from even the opposition at certain times and um, they presented a budget in the um, in the turkish Empire parliament which was widely criticized but them being very weak and the Turkish Cypriots are not really having a strong cabinet. It means that the Turkish Cypriots uh, will be more vulnerable to the interventions coming from Turkey. Talking about interventions from uh, Turkey, the new prime minister is the one who was um, um, given the job to do the, uh, to, to form the coalition, and he wasn't even elected because UBP was about to elect a new president and then with Turkey's intervention, the two candidates decided to step back and a third one came into the picture. So we are experiencing a situation even those who have been advocating closer links with Turkey are actually paying the price for Turkey's intervention. Also, coming back to the, their position on the Cyprus problem, we now have this alignment that both the Turkish Cypriot leader and the, the cabinet, our new foreign minister and um, and Turkey, they are all on the same um, line, they all support uh, two-state solution, they are against uh, federation. Even the Turkish foreign minister um, two days ago made a statement that their official position was conveyed to the United Nations. that. There, in favor of a, of a two-state solution, and then, and that um, federation is not feasible anymore.
0: Let me get things from the beginning. I mean, in general, these are strange times when it comes to politics, and as you said before, uh, there there is a clear disillusionment when it comes to the political system all around the world, and this is why we see the rise of populists and uh, and the conspiracy theories. But we need to be fair with the people and we need to be clear that there is corruption around us, there is a problem with the representative democracy and there is a lot of mistrust towards this political system that has been created. And sadly, all this, instead of being directed into a a more consistent and coherent uh, political stance and political ideology in a sense, it is sadly directed into anger, conspiracy theories, and the reaction. So this is what we are seeing. And you describing the situation in the North in this way now, it is also kind of frustrating in a sense, because we saw there so many Young Turkish Cypriots out in the streets protesting the greater reliance on Turkey. And sadly, what is happening at a political level in the Turkish Cypriot community shows the absolute contrary. And I'm, I'm wondering where this will lead when it comes to the way people will be reacting as well. Uh, Regarding the Cyprus problem, well, uh, yes, and we all noted the statements by Mevlut Chavusoglu, sadly. Having said that, I have to mention that in an interview on CYBC on the 17th of December, Nikos Christodoulidis, the Republic of Cyprus Minister of Foreign Affairs, he stated that regardless of the statements by Mevlut Chavusoglu, all sides with whom the United Nations Secretary General Envoy, Jane Holloud, has met, have declared their interest in participating in a 5 plus 1 informal summit on the Cyprus problem that will probably take place towards the end of January, beginning of February. So that was the latest development. And just for our uh, audience to understand, this, the talk about a 5 plus 1 summit is a talk about an informal summit in which it's not going to be proper negotiations but it's going to be an attempt by the United Nations to see whether we can restart negotiations on the Cyprus problem. And when we refer to five plus one, we refer to the two communities, the three guarantor powers and the United Nations. Having said that, the European Union has also shown interest to participate in uh, the informal summit, according to Christo Lourdes last night, but we don't know what will happen on that. But yeah, this is where we stand when it comes to the Cyprus problem uh, in a political level. And I think it is also worth mentioning that the European Union and its in and uh, in its latest uh, uh, European Council um, conclusions, it reiterated its intention to send a permanent representative in the UN good offices mission in case the negotiations recommence. And I think we need to highlight the importance of this. I don't know whether they are too late, to be honest. Both of us have previously criticized the European Union in its handling of some issues. But uh, now they seem to want to have a more direct impact on the negotiations, which is unprecedented, because even though they were very active in the process that led up to the Grand Montana Conference, they never had a representative in the UN good office's mission.
1: What is really sad is that I think the people are fed up hearing Cyprus problems. So were the internationals. and. Um, but we still have talks to start talks, and to talk about talks, we are trying to have talks so that we can arrange talks. You know, this kind of funny jokes have been all around, and um, for many it is a sign that Cyprus problem will never be solved, that nobody are interested in solving the, the Cyprus problem. So this is one of the side effects. So even if they meet for the five-party conference, there is a possibility that a new long process will Start all those sides uh, make it very clear, especially the Turkish sides, that they're not prepared for such a, a process to take place again. So um, we don't know what's gonna happen. The other uh worry, the other concern that I have is that we thought that previously we had the Cypriot-led process, but us failing to um bring it to a, a successful conclusion, now I feel like we are like a little chip in a bigger game. I know that um, it sounds like a little coffee shop talk. Mm -hmm. But in reality, we know that now Turkey is doing other kind of bargains, um, sometimes playing rough, sometimes give and take and all kind of stuff with other international actors, including the EU. So the question is whether Cyprus will uh, eventually be Getting something out of it in a positive way will be depending on those bargains.
0: You are absolutely right, Kemal. And uh, adding to what you say about the people being tired, it is not only the international community that is tired of the Cyprus problem, it is the people on the ground in Cyprus as well that they are tired. And sometimes I am very concerned that uh, this reaction that we see against politicians and against the political system it will also be translated into the a reaction against the Bizonal by Communal Federation as well. And it's just uh, you know so frustrating to think that we've been discussing this federation for so long, but we have never explained it to the people and now Uh, the general disillusionment of the public towards the political system might also lead to disillusionment regarding the prospect of a federation as well on the island. And these are issues that everyone who is a player in this must consider. And uh, at the same time, you are absolutely right that we are now seeing Cyprus being like a a small chip uh, in a wider uh, geopolitical game that is being played. Uh, We even saw that in the conclusions of the European Council of the 11th of of December, it it was clearly stated that the European Union will also want to coordinate with uh, the US uh, with regards to their stance towards Turkey. So we see how The Cyprus problem is just fitting to some extent in this, but it is not, it does not stand on its own. It falls part of a wider geopolitical agenda that includes the United States as well, that includes their, um, stance towards the Turkey as well. And uh, we are losing the say in a sense. Cypriots are, are losing their say in this.
1: Exactly the reason why we have been saying that we need to act responsibly because we have obligations towards the region we have obligations to make sure that we act responsibly so that there is some sort of a stability in the area in fact however we fail to do so this means that others will uh, step in and then take decisions on behalf of us
0: exactly and this is the most uh, sad part of all
1: so uh, let's end this podcast with something positive
0: you have something positive to add kemal i don't <laughs>
1: Uh, me neither. <laughs> I was hoping that he would be say, <laughs> saying something positive. You bet
0: on the wrong horse, Kemal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think that we are now having the um, vaccination started in yes. some countries and hopefully things will be different very soon. So this is something globally
0: positive. And just to mention something and on the issue of vaccinations and good for you to bring it up. Uh, I think we are about to see... A word of words on the issue of vaccines in the country. The Republic of Cyprus officially announced, and it's been a very long time that it has done so, that in the orders of vaccines for uh, the island, they included the Turkish Cypriots as well. I just saw now that the Turkish Cypriot uh, Health authorities have demanded that 30% of the vaccines that will arrive on the island should go to the Turkish Cypriots as well. So I'm wondering whether there has been any coordination at all between the sides on this. It does not seem like that. And it would be, once again, very upsetting if, again, on this issue, uh, the two sides failed to collaborate when it comes to protecting the public, in a sense.
1: Stupidity, my dear, is... What we have when you say the same things, mean the same things, but you do it over media and uh, you actually sound as if you are saying something different.
0: Exactly. And this is <laughs> our most positive of, uh, of tone that we can conclude our podcast with.
1: <laughs> Let's see if we will be able to do another one uh, before the end of the year.
0: Good. Thank you very much, Kemal. And thank you for this. Yep.
1: Thank you very much, Andromai. Cheers. Bye-bye.